What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Mafia Podcast NBA Edition. We are wrapping up our mini series here. We have this is the second to last episode. We're breaking down each and every NBA team's 2019-2020 season, and then previewing their off season and predicting what moves we believe they need to make to better themselves in the future. My name is Jordan Jica, aka Doctor Fantasy. As always, here with the Fantasy Caveman. Today we are talking about the Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat. Heading into the playoffs, they were the fifth seed under Eric Spolstra, 44-29 and 29 on the year. Interestingly enough, I don't know if this would surprise a lot of people, but Eric Spolstra is the second longest tenured head coach behind Greg Popovich. I just thought that was interesting. Uh, a lot of these head coaches haven't been with their organizations very long, so Spolstra's been with the Heat for a while now. They went through a very successful playoff run, as everybody is aware of. Swept the Pacers in round one. Beat the Bucks pretty handily in round two, four to one. Then the Eastern Conference finals were pretty exciting with the Celtics, four two. And then they ultimately lost in the NBA finals to the Los Angeles Lakers in a six game series. Jimmy Butler was their points leader on the year with 19.9. Behind him, you had Goran Dragic with 16.2. Bam behind him with 15.9. Kendrick Nunn with 15.3. Duncan Robinson with 13.5. And and then Tyler Harrow with 13.5 as well. Bam was also... What's up? I sense a theme. There's a lot of... A lot of guys averaging 13 points. Yeah, I mean, definitely as we've got along in this process, these better teams tend to have more. It'll be a little interesting when we talk about the Lakers next because they're a little bit of a different animal. But, (laughs) yeah, I mean, the Heat play a little bit different style of basketball. But, bam, rebound leader, 10.2. Jimmy Butler, 6.7. Justice Winslow didn't play very many games for him, but 6.6. Jay Crowder at 5.4, Myers Leonard at 5.1. One theme you will see here is Jimmy Butler throughout these stat leaders. He was the assist leader with 6, Bam behind him with 5.1, Goran Dragic also with 5.1. Steals, Jimmy Butler 1.8, Jay Crowder 1.3, Bam and Solomon Hill had 1.1. Then you had Derek Jones rounding it out with 1 steal per game. Then blocks, you had Bam at 1.3, and surprisingly enough, number two, Andre Iguodala with one block per game. So, Caveman, obviously a pretty successful season overall for the Miami Heat, but who uh, stood out to you? Okay, Uh, well, obviously... Well, first, do you have your plus-minus leader? Yes, I do. Do you want to take a a guess here? I mean, I'd say, I want to say Bam, but it's probably Jimmy Butler. It is not Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was, I mean, he, I, I don't, don't know what place he is, but he was pretty good. He was plus 4.4, but he was not the leader. Was it Bam then? It was not Bam. Dragic. It was not <laughs> Kendrick Nunn. It was not Kendrick Nunn. Duncan Robinson. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, let's just keep going down the line here. Eventually you're going to get it. So, yeah, I mean, he was plus 4.8. Oh, so they were all pretty close. They were all pretty. They were all pretty similar. Uh, yeah, like you said, this was this was a really good season for the Heat, and I know going in, you know, not I wouldn't say going into the season that they had 
they were a championship contender when you started the season. If you really think about it, you broke down the East in the beginning of the season. You were talking about the Bucks, the Celtics, the Raptors. Even the 76ers at the start of the season were considered to be better than uh, Miami Heat. But we know how that turned out. But uh, I mean, they really showed Jimmy Butler. I mean, and he's, he's a guy I want to highlight here. And I know this being how you love this, love how they play. If sure, you'll have everybody that impressed you that played everybody defense. Everybody was impressive. Jimmy Butler, you look at it. I mean, it has been. It wasn't. It's been, it was impressive because what what was the narrative on Jimmy Butler coming into the season with the Heat is that he was a locker room cancer. He didn't really wasn't a good teammate. Didn't get along with guys. You saw that in Minnesota and then Philly, but he silently went about his business and really took control of this team and showed that he was the leader. I mean, you already mentioned the stats, 20 points, six rebounds, five assists. Uh, and it was the thing about him is the thing that really, he like, he, he was obviously their leader and probably their best scorer. But what was impressive about their playoff run is that you didn't see a lot of games where Jimmy Butler looked like he was that guy. Yeah. Jimmy Jimmy Butler was there for them when they needed him to step up. He stepped up, and I think that's what a leader does. But you look at a lot of the other guys that I'm sure you'll touch on a couple of these guys. But you had the guys like Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson, Bam, Kendrick Nunn, Jay Crowder. Like the list goes on and on. But so Jimmy Butler didn't need to be that guy every night. Uh, but. He did it. He did it when he needed to, and you know, I think to cap off about Jimmy Butler before you get into, I mean, the dude wore Tyler Harrell's practice high school jersey to practice. I mean, come on, if that if that doesn't show how good of a teammate he was, I don't know what does. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Butler had a huge season. It was good to see a team that he was on have some success. I've always respected how jimmy butler plays i'll mention three names and i'll kind of try to mention them quickly but first i think you have to talk about bam a little bit mm-hmm. i mean bam only 23 years old still but i mean he launched himself into all-star conversations for many years to come um, i mean he made the all-star team this year but i think he's gonna be in that conversation for years to come and he kind of defines the modern big man i mean we see his ball handling skills and he made a huge jump forward i don't know if anyone coming into this season said oh bam's gonna make an all-star team and uh actually did he make the all-star team i know he was a part of all-star weekend but um I'm not not sure off the top of my head. I just assumed that he did because he was in the skills competition. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not 100% sure if Bam did make it. But either way. That's that's better than the All-Star game. Nobody cares about the actual All-Star game. But, I mean, either way, I think that he made himself into an All-Star caliber player. I mean, I mentioned it. He, as their big man this season, led or was second in the team in assists tied with Goran Dry. He did make the All-Star team, so that wasn't crazy. I was just about to say that, yeah. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, averaging 5.1 assists as the team center, that's all you need to know. I mean, this is a guy that's uh, a great ball handler. He rebounds, he blocks shots, he kind of does everything. So he had a really successful season. 
And uh, I think you definitely have to mention what he did this year. Another guy that I'll mention is Kendrick Nunn. I don't think he gets a lot of love on this team, but he uh, he turned 25 years old. But he technically was a rookie last season, mm-hmm. and it kind of goes without I mean, a lot of people don't talk about this, but he was actually second rookie of the year voting. We were all so concentrated on John Zion that nobody was really talking about the season that Kendrick Nunn had. And I think his emergence is one of the reasons why they can feel a little more comfortable moving on from Drogic if they're not able to sign him to a big deal. Because you know Kendrick Nunn can step in and take a lot of those minutes, and uh, you would assume that he's only going to improve over the next few seasons. So... Um, Kendrick Nunn, I think, is another guy who had a nice season. Then I have to mention my boy, Tyler Harrow. Yep. Um, I, by the way, I hear people say his name 20 different ways. Some people say Tyler Hero. Some say Harrow. I have no idea if you want to be honest about it. Um, during the NBA Finals, they were saying Tyler Hero. So I guess I'll go with Hero at this point. Sounds but, cool. Yeah, it does. He's a hero. But he, uh, he had a great NBA uh, playoff run. He averaged 16 points a game throughout the playoffs. He's only 20 years old, going to be 21 when next season starts. So he's a guy that I always thought could develop into a superstar. But during the playoffs, he made a bigger jump than I was expecting him to. I thought it would take him maybe two to three years to launch himself into that conversation. But I wouldn't be surprised if he made the all-star team next year. And then we started talking about him as a superstar in the next two to three years. So I love Tyler Hero. He had a great season. I'm looking forward to seeing how he develops over the next few years. So those were the few that I want to run through. Obviously, we'll talk about more guys like Duncan Robinson as we move along because he had a great season as well. But let's look at what their depth chart looked like last season. At the one, you have Goran Dragic, who we'll mention more in a minute. Behind him, you had Kendrick Nunn. At the two, you had Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Andre Iguodala played a little bit there. At the three, Jimmy Butler, Andre Iguodala, Derek Jones, Solomon Hill. At the four, Jay Crowder, Derek Jones, Myers Leonard. And then at the five, you had Bam, Kelly Olynyk, Myers Leonard. Uh, pretty much everybody of note there. So this was really a team. Even And we mentioned Jimmy Butler having a big season, Bam having a great year. But this is a team that plays great team basketball. That's one of the reasons that I love them. They're a great mix of the modern NBA mixed with old school defensive principles. So that's one of the reasons I like watching them. They're just an interesting hybrid that you don't see from too many teams in today's NBA. I think you're going to see a lot more teams merge. You know, we talk about three and D all the time, and this is a team that was kind of built on that foundation. So, uh, I mean, they were one of the only teams. They were in the top five and three pointers made and then second in three point percentage. I mean, when you look at the Rockets, obviously led the NBA in three-pointers made, but their efficiency wasn't very high. So the Heat do a good job of mixing volume with that efficiency. So um, if they keep up that kind of style basketball, I'd expect them to have success. But uh, let's look a little bit at their free agent class here. There's, a, I think, quite a bit to talk about here. So uh, diving into their options first, Kelly Olynyk has a $12 million player option. That's pretty significant there. Um, for the team options, you have Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson, both at $1.6 million. I think most people would be surprised if the Heat didn't pick that up and probably ex- uh, extend both of those guys. They're 25-26 right in their prime right now. 
And then you start to dive into the uh, the big names here that they have as unrestricted free agents. Well, not all of them, but uh, just guys entering the free agent class. You have Jor- Goran Dragic at 34 years old, Solomon Hill, Myers Leonard, Jay Crowder, technically Udonis Haslam, who I didn't mention was on their payroll, Derek Jones, and then you have two two-way contracts, Kyle Alexander and Gabe Vincent, who I have to mention, or K-Man slaps me through Skype. So yes. uh, what do you think about this free agent class for them, and you think there's anybody they need to retain here? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, keynote with their free agents, they actually, on all of their unrestricted free agents, they have the bird rights on all of them. Yep. And I'm sure that was something you might have you might have brought up, but I bring it up here. So they... So they do if they want to keep this uh, if they want to keep this core together and go for another run here with these same guys. I mean, they can do it if they want to. Uh, I mean, looking for the guys that they should resign. I mean, Derek Jones has been a hot name as kind of like a lower end athletic wing player. So I don't. I honestly don't see why the Heat wouldn't bring up bring back Derrick Jones. I think, uh, I think he showed that he's ready to take on a bit of a larger role this upcoming season. So I'm I'm hoping they bring him back. I mean, Cody Olynyk got that that just I I was kind of surprised when I saw that number. I was like, no duh, he's gonna pick up that option. That's the easiest decision anyone's ever made. Uh. Jay Crowder, I mean, and this is the interesting thing. Like, I see a lot of teams, one of their targets is Jay Crowder. And, like, Miami can re-sign them if they want to. They can re- They can go and re-sign all of these guys if they will, if they wanted to. They have bird. They have the bird rights. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Drogic, I mean, to be honest, I don't think that, I think they can move on from, Goran Dragic, I think they have some decent... Kendrick Nunn can be ready to take that role. I mean, they got... They got they got a bunch of guys that they can use to kind of replace Dragic. I mean, he's 34 now. Uh, despite his incredible playoff run, which I don't think anybody saw that playoff run coming out of Goran Dragic, but, I mean, for me, like, I'm, I'm trying to re-sign Derek Jones... Uh, I would like for them to re-sign Jay Crowder, but given this free agent class, and we mentioned how uninspiring it is, Jay Crowder is going to command a decent amount of money. So if I'm the Heat, just because they can re-sign him doesn't mean I necessarily would. So kind of, kind of take a wait and see approach if I were them with Jay Crowder to see how much he gets in on the market. But definitely, I would keep Derek Jones. I would keep. I would try to keep Jay Crowder. Uh, Myers Leonard is. Eh, you can find a bunch of guys like that, with Bam locking to have the center position locked down. Who actually, he was all defense the second team too. Uh, Bam. So, you can find a bunch of guys, Myers level Leonard guys, uh, out there. So, for me, Derek Jones, I would try to retain, and Jay Crowder, depending on his market i would look to bring him back as well yeah and they are in an interesting situation as you mentioned they're big five free agents they all have the bird rights so i mean they could sign everybody and try to make another run at it 
with what they have currently. I don't think that's the approach that they're going to take. But even if they pick up all of their options, which I would expect with Nunn and Duncan Robinson, and then Olenek opts in, they are only at $82 million. And to officially go over the salary cap, I've talked about that $140 million number before. To be specific, it's $132 million. So that still gives them $50 million to spend. So, I mean, if they want to go out and sign some free agents plus bring these guys back because they have the bird rights, they have the flexibility to do so. But I think this is a team that's ready to win an NBA championship now. And to do that, I think they're going to try to bring in another big superstar. And they've been rumored to be looking at that quite a bit. So I think if I was to pick who was going to be back of all these free agents, I don't think they're going to give Dragic the money. As I mentioned, they have a lot of flexibility at the guard spot with Kendrick Nunn, with Tyler Hero, who can play a little bit of the one and two. If he's running the one, uh, he's shown some playmaking ability, which a lot of people didn't expect from him. Mm-hmm. And then Duncan Robinson, who we haven't talked about, that guy was third in the entire league in three-pointers made, and we haven't even really talked about him yet. So they have mm-hmm. a lot of flexibility and a lot of depth at the guard spot so there's really no need to bring back Goran Dragic at a 15 to 20 million dollar per season deal Uh, Myers Leonard is kind of funny I've actually seen quite a bit just on different forums he has been talking about leaving and really taking this free agency process pretty seriously so um, he's kind of wielding himself around like he's a big name and he wants to meet (laughs) with everybody and it's kind of funny he's kind of almost making a joke of it like he's one of the top free agents but he uh, it looks like he's preparing to leave so I don't really see any reason to bring him back. Uh, I think Derek Jones would probably be the best bet as well. I mean, he's only 23 years old. He's a very versatile defender. He, you know, I mentioned him. He is backing up their two, three, and four spots, and he can defend all those positions, which is kind of key to this Miami system. So I mentioned Derek Jones in a lot of our previous episodes. Because it's not very often that you feel like you're you have the opportunity to sign a 23 year old in free agency who's just hitting his stride. So I think he has a lot of upside. I do think they're going to have some competition to bring him back, but I think he fits in really well with their system and what they're trying to build. So I uh, I would try to re-sign Derek Jones personally. Jay Crowder kind of depends on what he commands on the market. It seems like everybody wants him. He reminds me a lot of Paul Millsap when I was thinking about it. When you think of that, just a veteran mindset, a tough guy who can make three-pointers he defends he rebounds he just does everything well and he's a gritty guy and I think he's an important piece on a championship team so I think uh, there's a possibility he comes back to Miami but I think the market's going to be too hot for him no pun intended even though when I just said that hot market (laughs) Miami heat but um The one guy I've heard a lot is they've really liked what Solomon Hill did in a limited time with them. So I've heard some rumors they want to bring Solomon Hill back. Wouldn't be surprised if you saw him just backing up the three and four spots for them. So besides that, I uh, even though there's some decent names, I don't think they're going to retain a lot of them. I think they're going to let a lot of them walk. And this kind of starts getting into their offseason needs, but... I mean, it's going to be interesting to talk about. I don't know if you have any notes on some of these big names that they could go after, but Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a team that's really deep for their needs. 
I think number one, if Jay Crowder walks, you have to decide what you're doing at the power forward position. And I mentioned Derek Jones can t- defend that position, but I don't know if I'm necessarily ready to give him that starting four spot yet. And if Crowder and Myers Leonard walk, there's really a hole at the big, I mean, backup behind Bam and at the four spot. So I think they're going to have to address that. They're going to have to look a little, I, I think this is a team if they want to be a hundred percent in that championship conversation that just needs more star power because they have all the depth in the world. They have a great core of guys, but if you just added in one big superstar plus Bam, Butler, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Harrow, uh, I mean, I think this is a team that's ready to win a championship. So uh, I think really all I had was figure out what you're doing at the four position and find an all-star. And you could do both. You could find an all-star that plays the four position, and that kind of covers both of those spots. But uh, what do you think they need to go after this offseason? Okay, this is, and this is where it gets really interesting for me. Now, you mentioned their salary cap situation. Yes. They have a lot. I mean, for, for this offseason, they have a lot of flexibility and money to play with and you know pat riley always has something up his sleeve you know he's cooking of ways he could you know get get a guy the pair with jimmy butler and i don't i don't like saying this i don't want him to leave but they what read into it what you will but they've really been heavily linked to Giannis. they have been like and whether it would probably make more sense via once he once if Giannis hits free agency after this after this upcoming season, but they do have the the they do have the cap. It depends on how much of his how much of this young talent. If we're talking about the Heat trading for Giannis for this upcoming season, how much of that young talent do you want to get rid of? I mean, you look at the Bucks. You know the Bucks are theoretically they're gonna want Tyler Harrow, they're gonna want Duncan Robinson, they're gonna want Kendrick Nunn. I mean, they're not saying they're gonna get all those guys, but you know they're gonna if they want to get Giannis now for this season, they're gonna have to part with a couple of those young upside guys that they have on their team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so does that make them? I mean, obviously, assuming they keep Bam which they're not going to get rid of Bam in a deal for Giannis. That doesn't make any sense for them, to be honest. But even if even if you have to, if you have to part with, let's say, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Harrow, and another young piece or a draft pick or a couple of draft picks, however that works out, but you still go into next season with the combination of Jimmy Butler, Bam, and Giannis, I mean... We see, we saw, we saw, we saw how the Lakers won the championship. They had two superstars, and not, I mean, and their role players did their job, but here the role players weren't overly impressive. So you put dunk, you, I mean, you put uh, Giannis with Jimmy Butler and Bam. I mean, that 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 does wonders. That does wonders for their NBA title chances. So I think. I mean, it's a long shot for this season. I think, I think what's most likely to happen is Giannis play at least plays out this final season that he has in Milwaukee, and then we'll see how they 
how they go forward, but they have the capital if they wanted to, and Pat Riley is always up to stuff and something, so... But other than that, like, for me, like, and we, and we talk about team, we talk about teammate, team chemistry and wanting to keeping the band together. And it might not be more true than in the case of the Miami Heat. I mean, I think if you're them, you want to keep as many of these guys together as possible, together as possible. Uh, so, I mean, long term, you're going to want to, you're going to want to find some, if, if, if they don't re-sign Derrick Jones, they don't bring back Jay Crowther, they're going to have a hole on the wing, in the, you know, a little bit of hole at the 3-4 spot. But other than that, like, they, they if they, if I was them, what I'm doing is I'm bringing back probably, and this is going to sound like I'm singling them out, but I would honestly bring back everybody but Dragic. I mean, not, not it sounds like I'm just, like, saying he's, like, no good and they shouldn't want him. But I don't think, like, for the makeup of this team, like everybody's like on the younger side, or everybody like in their primes or hit, just hitting their primes, and then there's Gordon Judge, his 34 year old self, just just chill, just being like the cool, like the cool uncle or something like that. I don't know. I don't uncle know. Gorin. <laughs> uncle Gorin, but yeah, for me, like I want, I, if I were them, I would just try to retain as many of their guys as possible, unless. You can package those younger guys in a deal to get somebody like Giannis or something like that. Yeah, and I think it's an interesting offseason. I don't. Th- I think they need to be a little patient if they want to get Giannis because the- it's possible if they go this year without Giannis and wait to sign him the year after, they could have Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Derek Jones, Bam, Giannis, Jay Crowder. I mean, they could have this entire core together plus Giannis if they're patient. The the, the downside there is, you know, if if Giannis hits free agency, and if I was a betting man, I'd still I'd still would bet on him staying with Milwaukee at this point. Still, if I if I was forced to bet right now, I would probably bet on him staying in Milwaukee. But I'm not feeling that great about it. But the the issue with that situation is. If Giannis doesn't indeed hit free agency, there's going to be 29 other teams wanting him and finding a way to bring him on. Try to find a way to bring him on. That's 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 good. That that would get crazy. Like if I don't Giannis- think Pat Riley's worried about that. He's recruited arguably the greatest player to ever play in the NBA to come to Miami. He has all the ability in the world to. I don't think he would even look at it as a competition. I mean, you get to come to Miami. You don't pay taxes in Florida. You can live in the sun. You can win a championship. I mean, what's not to love about Miami? So I don't think Pat Riley's concerned about competing with everybody else. And he has a championship-caliber team. I mean, he can pitch to him. We just went to the NBA Finals and beat you. And we almost—I <laughs> mean, that's so, literally— so you're, saying, so you're saying this is a Kevin Durant situation? Yeah, if you can't beat him, join him. Um, I mean, so this is what I think the Heat should do. Don't trade for Giannis. If you're the Bucks, I'd 100% try to trade him to the Heat because if you could pick up Nunn and Tyler Hero or Duncan Rob, whoever, I mean, you could potentially pick up two all-star players instead of just losing him. I mean, this is a perfect uh, scenario for the Bucks, so I would try to push Miami to trade for him, but that's a different conversation. But I think that they should trade for LaMarcus Aldridge this offseason. 
LaMarcus Aldridge fills in that four spot immediately. He's only got one year left on his deal, so that money's going to come off the books next offseason. You're still a championship contender this year with LaMarcus Aldridge and that core that you have. Your team got better by getting LaMarcus Aldridge, too, so it's not like they couldn't win a championship with LaMarcus Aldridge. They almost just did it without him, so if you add a piece like that, Mm -hmm. they would still be a competitive championship contender, and then you can go out, get Giannis the next offseason, with your core and they have every ability in the world to do that. Cause you're not going to have Kelly Olynyk, $12 million on the book. You won't have LaMarcus Aldridge. What is he making? 26 million. I think this year, something like that. Andre Iguodala is another year closer. He's making $15 million. He's their second highest player, by the way, Oof. right now in terms of salary, $15 million for this year and the year after for Andre Iguodala. So uh, there's a potential out after this season but um i mean they're gonna have all that money off the book they'll have their money to extend tyler hero kendrick nunn Giannis. i mean they can retain a good chunk of this core and be ready to win a championship so i would one of my priorities would be going after lamarcus aldridge i think he makes a lot of sense for the way that this team is built He's a big guy that likes to play on the outside a little more and shoot the three. So uh, I think LaMarcus Aldridge makes a lot of sense. There's been other superstars. I won't say superstars, star players that have been rumored to go there. A lot of people talked about Chris Paul. I don't think that makes any sense. I don't see that happening. The other one that I've seen quite a bit is Victor Oladipo. Victor Mm -hmm. Oladipo has said himself that he wants to play in Miami. But based on what a lot of NBA insiders are saying, that the feeling's not mutual and that they don't don't want him. I mean, they wouldn't mind having him. Like, they'll take Victor Oladipo, but they don't want to overpay to trade for him or sign him to this huge deal. So I don't know if that's a marriage that's ever going to happen as much as he wants to play there. But that's been another rumored name um other guys in free agency i don't even though they have all this cap space oddly enough i don't expect them to do much with it i think that they're gonna hold out a little bit maybe sign some guys to short-term deals so they still have cap flexibility heading into next off season mm-hmm. i would potentially look at i mentioned the options of duncan robinson and kendrick nunn i'd probably try to sign them to long-term deals right now instead of paying them $1.6 million, um, if you want them to be a part of your long-term uh, organization here. So I'd maybe sign them to an extension, get LaMarcus Aldridge, sign a few smaller pieces, a few names I had down, uh, Nerlens Noel, uh, Harry Giles, they've been targeted to if they want some big man depth. A name that I've heard from uh, Shams a few times is Mark Gasol wants to go to Miami. I don't think that's a terrible fit to back up Bam there. Um, it's been reported that Wesley Matthews really wants to, or the Heat really want Wesley Matthews. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a veteran guy that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, then if you're looking at cheaper options for the four, you have Paul Millsap as well, who I mentioned. I mean, if you're replacing Jay Crowder, I just said he's a younger Paul Millsap. So, uh, I mean, I think that would be a logical fit. Um, if they want to spend a lot of money, like I said, maybe they have a feeling we're not going to be able to get Giannis. So we're going to have to move on and try something else. I think Montrez Harrell would make a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. He's a gritty guy. I feel like him and Jimmy Butler would be best friends for some reason. They just play a very similar high-energy style of basketball. I mentioned they need a four. I think he would make a lot of sense if they want to sign him to a big contract. Um, and then I'll mention lastly, and, to, and then let you talk a little bit, they do have the 20th overall pick. 
Um, I mean, they have a lot of flexibility as to what to do there. Jaden McDaniels is a guy I've seen going there quite a bit. He could play the four for him and provide some depth. Precious Achua, I don't know if he'll make it to 20th overall. Once again, a very versatile big guy that I think would make a lot of sense. Uh, Sadiq Bay is exactly the kind of player they've been developing. So if they're more, or he looking for some depth behind Jimmy Butler, you could look that way. But the number one name I wanted to bring up was a guy that I guess they're targeting very heavily, uh, Manuel Quickly, who is a guard from Kentucky. I've actually read several reports that the Heat have brought him in already for three interviews. And they've had uh, one report I said see, said the Heat seem kind of obsessed with Emmanuel quickly right now. So uh, he's more of like a two guard. So I thought that was kind of interesting. He's regarded as maybe the second best shooter behind Aaron Neesmith in this year's draft. So he's a hmm. sharp shooter, three and D kind of guy. But uh, I want to throw his name in there because yeah. I've read several reports that they really want him. So, okay, man, uh, you got any specific names? I mean, like you hit on a lot of them. I, like you said, I think Miami Heat, the Miami Heat are going to retain their cap flexibility because they're going to they're, they're going to make a push. I mean, if it's not Giannis, it's going to be some other big name. Uh, although I think, man, you talk Giannis is a dream. Like every every team would benefit from having Giannis, but the Heat just seem like a perfect fit for a guy like Giannis. Uh, I mean. If they're gonna, if they're going to just fill out their roster. I mean, Mo Harkless is another name, but I don't really see them making much of any moves at all and to maintain their cap flexibility. I mean, uh, draft draft wise, I mean, and I, and I made these before I saw Lewis Mock, but Trey Jones isn't. It would be a name to keep the uh to keep in mind. He's projected to go in that range and with the heat pick 20th and he said uh trey jones i think his skill set you watch him i think his skill set you know a very tough-minded defensive guy uh i think he would fit well with that miami culture but they're in an interest but i honestly think with miami with this 20th pick uh with 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 the flexibility they have financially and the guys they already have on their team if I were them, I would at that twentieth pick. I'm taking, I'm I'd be okay with taking a get. Just take the guy with the highest upside left. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't think they really need to draft the position of need at that twenty at that twentieth spot. Just go whoever that whoever that is. If a guy, I mean, they could go. I mean, it would be a reach, which it sounds insane. But Josh Green, another. Although apparently he's a second round guy now, uh, you're so upset by it. I'm very upset. I don't know why. I don't know if something's happened, or if he's been that bad during these pre during the interviews or whatever. But I think he's another guy that he would. I think he would fit well in that system. But yeah, bottom bottom line is for them when when it comes to the draft and free agency, unless they're unless they make a big trade, which I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule that out with Pat Riley. I think he wants to solidify their chances of making another title run. So could be a big, big trade. But if it's not a big trade, I think that it's going to be a relatively quiet offseason for him. Yeah. 
Yeah, they definitely, I think, no matter what, are going to make a big run at Giannis. So, I mean, that really is going to... This offseason, I think, is all about setting yourself up so you're in a position to go get Giannis next yeah. year. So, I mean, if you want to be real about it. Um, all right, let's look a little bit where we expect them to finish in the future. Um, they were only the fifth seed heading into the playoffs this year. I think after that magical run they went through, a lot of people forget that. This was a, I don't want to say underwhelming, but this was just a solid playoff team for most of the season. I mean, I think when you're looking forward, this isn't a team that's going to change drastically. Even with this run, I wouldn't expect them to be much higher than the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. There's just some teams that are going to have more star power than them that'll probably perform better in the regular season but I mean when push comes to shove I mean they showed us this year they can go on a run they have the talent to do so they have the chemistry they have the coach to do it so I mean they're going to be competitors in the Eastern Conference and I feel like we've been saying that for every episode for the past few all of these teams are going to be contenders but that's the reality of where we are in the series or these are the best teams in the league they're going to be good they're going to make the playoffs next year even if they don't get Giannis if they don't sign any of those free agents I still think they make the playoffs next year Mm -hmm. I mean that's just the reality of how this team is constructed right now yeah I mean and we and we basically said I mean it's true that we say the same thing every episode but it it, when this like this team's coming off an NBA finals appearance where I mean if you listen to Pat Riley Pat Riley's saying that they basically would have won had all their guys been 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much I don't do do I do I believe him? Probably not. I don't even think even with Bam and Dragic, if they were 100% in that finals, I don't think they beat the, the Lakers. Nah. But because uh, they were they were that close. I mean, they're gonna even if they don't bring back all these guys, they're still gonna have their their main core group of guys around Duncan Robinson, Tyler Harrow, Jimmy Butler, Bam. Those guys are all going to be around Kendrick Nunn as well. So I don't expect them to really, they're not going to be lowered in the five seed. Maybe they can, they're not. And they're one of those teams. Like they're basically like, they're basically like the Clippers, except for the fact that, they can turn it on instantly when they need to. The Clippers on the other... Uh, and why I say the Clippers, the Clippers have the defense, same defensive potential that the Miami Heat do. They mm-hmm. have similar players that, that, that work well in that system, but for whatever reason, the, the Clippers can't turn on the switch when they need to. Uh, the Heat have the defensive ability. I mean, they not... Like, they, they play well... They play a well-rounded defensive... You can tell when they flip on a switch and really lock down. Uh, it's just a, it's just different, and they can. They're gonna. I suspect them to do that again next season. I mean, Eric Spoelstra is one of the best coaches in the game. Uh, so they're gonna be up three to five. I don't think they they're gonna make the top two because that's just not saying they don't care about their record because I'm sure they do, mm. but they're just not. There's just not a team that's going to be a top two top two team in the East. Uh, that's just not how they're built and how their their mindset is. But come pl- come playoff time and come crunch time, this team's going to be one of the best teams in the East. And it wouldn't shock. I mean, 
so many teams in the East can make a run next season. It's hard to say that they'll be back to the Eastern Conference Finals, let's say. But they're gonna be in the con- they're gonna be in the conversation. They can beat they'll be able they could beat they can obviously and they showed it this year. They're gonna be they're gonna be able to beat anybody in the East next season. So they'll just they're just grouped with all the other kind of contenders, basically. Yeah, and I would say compared to other teams in the Eastern Conference, I could argue that they're set up better almost than anybody because a lot of those young players that we've been talking about, Duncan Robinson, Nunn, Bam, Tyler Hero, they're all 26 and younger right now, and they have cap flexibility. So this is a team that's setting themselves up where they could have another dynasty run here. So, I mean, I, I think that's a reality. Maybe it's not next year. Maybe we're looking at the 20. 22 season where they make that dynasty uh, run with Giannis potentially but I uh, either way they're set up really nice for the future whether or not they get Giannis I mean we mentioned that they you know they're setting themselves up to get Giannis but I don't think that it's a complete fail if they don't get Giannis this is still going to be a competitive team that can win a championship so um, any other final thoughts I think we hit it Yeah, I think we got everything. I think that's it. We only have one more episode. We'll talk about the NBA champion Lakers next. So we appreciate everybody who tuned in for this episode. Make sure you like the Fantasy Mafia on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple, or Google. And then make sure you join our group on Facebook, the Fantasy Hotspot. Lots of conversation going on there. We've been running some contests as well. So make sure you check that out. Join that group. Talk all things sports with your fellow sports fans. So appreciate the support. And we will see you guys for the last episode, the Lakers. Yep.